Be the first to experience Great Wolf Lodge Manteca, your drive-to destination for family fun. Bringing families together guides everything we do. It's why we created the Paw Pledge, our program focused on health and safety so you can focus on your family. Sure, there are water slides, games, and plenty of adventure, but we're here so you can connect and grow closer than ever before. Let us keep you safe while you play. Book your family getaway at the new Great Wolf Lodge Manteca. Use code CALIFORNIA for exclusive deals at greatwolf.com. Be the first to experience Great Wolf Lodge Manteca, your drive-to destination for family fun. Bringing families together guides everything we do. It's why we created the Paw Pledge, our program focused on health and safety so you can focus on your family. Sure, there are water slides, games, and plenty of adventure, but we're here so you can connect and grow closer than ever before. Let us keep you safe while you play. Book your family getaway at the new Great Wolf Lodge Manteca. Use code CALIFORNIA for exclusive deals at greatwolf.com. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Scrolls here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Brawl, the Brawl Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. We are doing our first live show, which is so exciting because I have our Eagles Brawl insider. He covers the Eagles for Sports Illustrated. Ed Cross joined the show. Ed, I'm so excited to talk birds with you, man. It's it's finally here. Week one is tomorrow for the Eagles. Yeah, it's hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, we never thought we'd get to this point with, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything and the protocols that were put in place. We thought... You know, there might be some interruption, but so far, so good. Had the opener Thursday night, full slate of games Sunday, and then Mondays are a couple games. I mean, we're, we're off and running. It's I'm pumped. So I'm, so I'm so pumped, man. Uh, one thing I really want to get into, though, before we even get into the preview, is what is going on with Lane Johnson? We're, yeah, yeah, like... ankle, ankle clean out on uh, the end of August there. Uh, hasn't practiced, done much. He was limited. Um there's a pretty good chance he's not going to go on Sunday. And, of course, that would leave the Eagles a little short on offensive linemen. Uh, you know, Brooks is out, tore his Achilles in June, Dillard tore his biceps in August, and now Johnson. I mean, that's three-fifths of a line the Eagles thought would be uh, lining up on opening day when they put this thing together back uh, in the spring. But uh, I'd be surprised. You know, Lane's as tough as they come, and he's going to do everything he can to uh, to go – but ultimately, I think it's going to be the decision of this new medical team uh, that, you know, the Eagles replaced a lot of the medical personnel from last year. They, they were kind of under fire last year for letting guys return probably too soon from injury. So they're going to take it real slow. And if Johnson can't go, man, it's really going to make things uh, very dicey on the right side of that line. Yeah. What would you think they would do? I, I would assume you play, I guess, Matt Pryor at right tackle, which scares me because I don't think Matt Pryor can play offensive tackle. And then Nate Herberg at right guard. Uh, That's probably it. I mean, Jack Driscoll, the rookie, I mean, he's uh, worked in some uh, at that right guard spot uh, and the right tackle spot. So, you know, would they throw him in there? I don't know. I think it's going to be prior. Never played tackle in an NFL game, played some guard last year. 
Uh, and then you're going to see the debut of Nate Herbig, who just turned 22 in July, undrafted free agent. He came out early from Stanford. He thought he'd be a draft pick. Uh, Jason Kelsey said earlier this week that he's had a great camp, Herbig has. But, again, uh, it's his debut. You never know how a guy's going to react. And then what happens, Connor, if Jason Peters limps off in the second quarter on Sunday? Then who are you throwing at it at left tackle? Uh, with Matt Pryor already lined up at right tackle. And Herb, I mean, it's going to be probably Jordan Mulata, uh, who just started playing football two years ago. So, you know, this is a real big question mark for the Eagles going into the opener. And just a few months ago, we never thought it would be this way. We thought the offensive line would be a strength. Uh, with the injuries that have happened, it, it to me now is a bigger question mark even than the wide receiver spot. The crazy thing is – if Lane plays, they're starting the season how they ended the season at offensive line. So, I mean, I've, I'm more confident in that, per se, because I think the chemistry is going to be a little bit be there. But, yeah, Pryor's at right, right tackle and Jordan Mulata's left tackle. Uh, it's going to be a long day for Carson Weather, especially because we can't underrate that Washington defensive line. No. They have so many guys. They have Chase Young, Monte Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, Ryan Anderson, and then the interior, they have Payne, they have Allen, they have uh, Matt Ariadis, like, it's it's a lot of guys that watch this going to throw at us. You you rattled those off, Connor. Man, you you know your stuff there because you're right. Those are those are the guys, and they're going to rotate all of them. And you know it's the first game, so you know that uh, I know Schwartz anyway. He's going to have a heavy rotation on that defensive front, and, and you know Jack Del Rio is probably going to do the same thing down there in Washington. All right, Jack Del Rio is a good defensive coordinator too. I I, I I think that was a good pickup for them if if uh, if Rivera lets him take the reins completely on defense, but. So, what did your guy tell you about Lane Johnson, though? Just Ed Krause's prediction out there. What do you think? He, does he play? Wow. Um, I, I would have said yes until, you know, the news broke about the ankle clear out. Um, I, I'm That's so play. weird. I, I That went way under the table. I'm going to say, yeah, he's going to play. I, I don't know if he'll play every snap. I mean, it could – you know, we could see a rotation where they do put Herbig at right guard and Lane starts at right tackle with Matt Pryor – uh, waiting in the wings, um, but I'll go out on a limb, and I, really I think it's a 50-50 call at this point, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, uh, yeah, he's going to play. Good. I hope he does. And then we were talking last night about Miles Sanders, and you kind of worried me a little bit because I do have Miles Sanders on my fantasy team. You mentioned you don't think that he gets that a ton of like usage, which I when your reasoning, which we'll get into in a second, I was starting to agree with. Uh, do you think they take a slow with Miles Sanders at week one? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, the guy hasn't done anything for almost a month. Um, I don't see how, unless there's this huge smoke screen that Doug Peterson and the team were throwing out there on Miles Sanders. But, you know, look, I've been at, you know, a lot of the practices, most of the practices. And um, Sanders just kind of stands there taking his so-called mental reps. He doesn't really do anything physical at all. So, uh, it would make no sense to me unless, like I said, it's a giant smokescreen that they're going to put him out there and have this huge, you know, 40 to 50 snap load uh, for him. Uh, I think if he plays, it's going to be, you know, a very limited amount of reps. They don't want to burn this guy out or subject him to further injury. I mean, you got to remember the NFL season is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, it'd be nice to have him out there, but I think the Eagles might be confident that they match up well enough against Washington and they'll be able to score some points against them, uh, even if Sanders does not play or if he only plays in a limited role. I think he's going to be uh, a limited uh, participant on Sunday. 
Oops, sorry about that. I disconnected for a bit, but you so you said you're thinking he's gonna be a limited participant. Uh, we actually got a good question from Dakota on here that I'll put on the screen real quick. What's the deal with our players getting surgeries at weird times? Seems like they're the only team that has these uh, weird medical problems. <laughs> well, I, yeah, you know, maybe they're the only. I don't think they're the only team. There's probably other teams out there. We're just so hyper focused on the Eagles that you know we see it happening. Um, it, it is kind of strange. I'll, I'll agree with Dakota there. It is very strange that uh, this injury, this surgery just kind of popped up kind of out of nowhere at the end of August and the Eagles never really said anything. I mean, they'll answer our questions, but are we supposed to ask, you know, these medical questions about every player when they're hurt? Um, so, you know, it was curious that Lane Johnson has never been made available to talk to us via Zoom. Lane will usually say what's on his mind and he probably would have revealed something about the ankle. Um, but it is very strange that this kind of came up kind of out of the blue two weeks really before the season. He has this surgery. Um, you know, I've had operations on my knee, just clean out procedures. And, you know, it's a good two, three weeks before I'm ready to play. So I think Lane's close, whether or not he's able to answer the bell on, you know, in the opener, I don't know. But I think if not, he would be ready for week two against the Rams. It's crazy to me that. Now we signed Javon Hargrave this offseason. He's a huge I, – because I think that's the biggest free agent signing. I, I said multiple times in the well, I thought that was their biggest offseason move, Javon Hargrave. Now we're not – we don't know when we're going to see him. Do you have a feeling on that, Ed? Do you know when – do you have any type of idea when Javon Hargrave is going to be on the field for Philadelphia? Well, you know, maybe we'll have, like Dakota said, some weird surgery will reveal itself this week that he had some kind of operation and he's going to miss the month. But – uh, I think the fact that he wasn't put on IR, uh, which, you know, you have to miss the mandatory three games. I think that Hargrave not being put on the IR is a good indicator that um, he'll be back either against the Rams week two or the Bengals week three. But right now, week one, we're just going to have to wait and see his debut. And you're right. He was the big free agent acquisition in the offseason, signed a, you know, a three-year, $39 million deal. Um so you want to see him play. I mean, it's the same old story with this D-line. It always seems like there's an injury. Last year, Malik Jackson. Two years ago, Tim Jernigan. And now here we are with Javon Hargrave. So just bad luck on that D-line these last couple of years. It's a good opportunity for Malik Jackson to show his redemption. The redemption year. I'm here at Philadelphia. Here we go. Let's rock him. Get my revenge versus Washington, who ended my season last year. I'll be interested to see if he lives up to that. Because Fletcher Cox needs that defensive tackle two position, my guy. He needs somebody there to step it up for him. Uh, last year, everybody wants to set it down here, but he's coming off surgery, and then he has all these rotational uh, revolving door at defensive tackle, too. It, it's important this year that the Eagles get this right. Well, I think Fletch is going to have a monster year, whether he's got guys next to him or not. I mean, and he talked about how he feels great. Didn't have a training – excuse me, didn't have a training camp last year. I mean, I did a predictions column of my offensive and defensive MVPs that were included in that, and – uh, you know, spoiler alert, alert, my defensive MP is, MVP is Fletcher Cox. I just think he's going to be have a 10 double-digit you know, double sack season, his career high is 10 and a half, and, you know, that guy's just a beast. And, you know, he's really geared up for, for a big year. Um, I would be a beast um, because I just think he's going to make, you know, he's just attacking the line like he wasn't able to do it last year with the foot injury, the foot issue. Um, but I, I think you talk about Malik Jackson, and I think he's going to have a nice year too. But to me, Fletcher Cox is the, you know, he's the engine of that line, and I think he's really going to be fired up to play and have a good season.
Absolutely. I completely agree. I, I think the additions that even with Ridgeway back healthy, Willie Jackson, when Hargrave does come back, the impact that Hargrave's going to bring is just immense. So, I mean, you see him clearing so much space for guys in Pittsburgh like TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, Stephon to it. Uh, to imagine what he's going to do here with Derek, Bar- I, Derek Barnett is going to be the huge benefactor of Javon Hargrave. You and I talked about it multiple times, yeah. uh, but that that presence that Javon Hargrave is going to bring, I don't. I, it's a shame that Philadelphia is not going to get a chance to see that week one because it's there, it's real. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people got stuck in his box score uh, when the Eagles signed him, but th- this this player has a potential being a superstar as well as Fletcher Cox. I, I'm so in on Javon Hargrave. I'm excited to see him. I hope he comes back soon. And, and he's playing in a completely different defense than he did in Pittsburgh. You know, exactly. More of a, you know, a, a occupy a blocker type defense in Pittsburgh and let those great linebackers the Steelers typically have make the plays. Philadelphia, attack, attack, attack under Schwartz. Get off the ball, get upfield, and look for the ball. That's how they play, and that's going to fit Hargrave to a T. Oh, I, I completely agree. I, I remember he was coming out in 2016, and I uh, saw East East and West Shrine game. I'm like, this, this guy – can really rush the passer from the interior. His size would fool you completely because the motor is there to be a pass rusher. Obviously, it goes to Pittsburgh's team. That's not what he's asked to do. I think he was only, I think he only uh, played like 200 something pass rushing snaps anyway. So, uh, excited to see what he does here, especially with a healthy Malik Jackson. That's just going to be crazy. But another thing I want to get into is Jalen Rager. What a shock. Uh, first comes out, the first reports are like four to six weeks, maybe misses the first month of the season. Now he's going to play on Sunday. Uh, is there a cause for concern where the Eagles are rushing guys again, where the Deshaun Jackson all over again, or is this just like the injury wasn't that bad as what we initially feared in the beginning? Well, you know, let's, you know, to compare it to Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun was, what, 32 years old uh, when he had his injury. You know, the healing and the recuperative powers are probably not as great at that age True. as what they are with Jalen Rager, who, you know, how old's Jalen? 22, maybe? I'd have to yeah. check. Um, but you know, too. <laughs> maybe getting back to what Dakota said, maybe another big story will come out this week that Rager went to the Lords over in France and dipped his shoulder in the healing waters. And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden he's, he's fine again. That'd be a great story if that was the case, but, <laughs> but, that uh, would be a good story. yeah, I just, I just think it's, it's a testament to the youth, you know, being a young guy, able to recover quickly, being an athlete, being in uh, terrific shape when the injury occurred, um, but he was he was a full participant in practice at the end of the week, and I just don't see how, if you're the Eagles, if you're a full participant and you like what you see and you're not feeling any pain, go ahead and play. Let's see what you oh, got. Yeah. Give you a package of plays. See how you feel in game. Um, if you're not feeling up to it, we'll, we'll pull you. But let's let's give it a ride. Let's see how you do. Especially against Washington. I mean, that secondary. I think that's the perfect test for him. They're like, you know what? Just get your feet wet, rookie. Go ahead and get out there. Uh, I'm assuming he plays majority of the slot. I would assume he takes majority of the steps that game in the slot. So then I'm looking at his – go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know, something interesting when we talked to Deshaun this week. So, you know, Deshaun was a surprise guest on the Zoom interviews. And, you know, he talked about finding a way to kind of limit his snaps or manage his reps being 33 years old, which was kind of interesting. So they want to get him through a 16-game season and maybe beyond if you get into the playoffs. So he talked about health being the key, and he might have to manage those reps. And if he does, then I could see Jalen uh, coming out of the slot and and lining mm-hmm. up uh, where Jackson would line up to give him some uh, you know some time on the sideline, so you can get him through a whole season. So I wouldn't say the majority of his snaps are going to be in the slot. I think he will get time in the slot, but I think he'll get time outside as well. 
I would like that. I, I I'm just looking at the matchups. He's probably playing Jimmy Moreland, uh, Ronald Darby, which is Dakota is mentioning below the screen there. Uh, Fabian Monroe, because I don't think Fuller is going to play. Uh, that's uh, that's that's not bad. I I think Jalen Rager could send us a hey, I'm here, an NFL rookie. Like, I'm here. Uh, but I also think it's going to be a big game for Deshaun. I know they're probably going to manage him, as you said. That makes complete sense. I think they should absolutely do that, by the way. That's a completely smart move on the Eagles' part, especially because now you have a wide receiver corpse you can move all around. You don't have, like you and I mentioned numerous times on the Eagles' role, you don't have the Nelson Aguilars, you don't have the Jordan Matthews that can only perform one spot on the field. You have guys that you can rotate all around. Uh, even John Hightower. I think John Hightower could have some sort of, I don't I don't want to say he's going to have a big game, but I think he has some sort of impact, even if it's just through the speed. Yeah, if Deshaun lines up in the slot too, I mean, I'm interested to see what I'm interested to see Ed, is what elements Rich Scandrello brings to the Eagles and how they implement them week one. I want to see some new things. I want to see some more Carson Wentz out of the pocket, especially since we're talking max protect and the offensive line being as it is. Carson Wentz is probably going to have to make a lot of things done from the pocket, and excuse me, from outside the pocket against Washington in that D line. I want to see these new elements. I want to see what they do. I want to see them move guys around. I want to see Deshaun burn from the slot. I want to see J.J. Arcega white side. Look at these matchups this week. This is the matchup to get J.J. Arcega's white side's confidence up. It's like Fabian Monroe hasn't really panned out in Washington so far. You said yourself, Kendall Floor is gone. Ronald Darby, I'm not worried about, obviously. Jimmy Moreland is a, a smaller nickel corner who's probably barely average. I'm liking the matchups for our wide receivers this week. I'm not going to lie to you, my friend. Yeah, I, I, I like them too. But, you know, you want to see different elements, of, of course. I think we saw Carson roll out a little bit more during uh, these training camp practices that we saw, and I think that um, you're going to see that. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see everything kind of un- implemented at once. I think the Eagles are, are going to take, you know, the wrapping off slowly as the season goes along. They don't want to show too much too soon unless they absolutely have to. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. My my dog's sitting here uh, growling at me. They just excuse me one second while I let him uh, go do where he's going to go here. Go right ahead, Ed, and I'm going to address the comments of Dakota. I am extremely excited. Ed and I were actually just talking about this last night. I'm extremely excited to see Corey Clement. So let's just get into this a little bit, Ed, what we were talking about last night with Miles Sanders. If this is the game, if the Eagles are truly are going to go the route that you're – you believe they will go, which I, I'm starting to think so, too. This is the game you find out what you have at running back at that. This is the game where you see a Boston Scott, Corey Clement, because as you can see on Dakota's comment right there, you can see if these guys can – because I think the reason you keep these running backs is you think they can give you a specific role. You don't necessarily think that they can replace Miles Sanders because you want to give Miles Sanders a high workload this year. You want to show, showcase to the world what Miles Sanders could do. You want to show everybody Miles Sanders could be your next LaShawn McCoy. But you need – those Darren Sproles type guys behind him. You need that Bryce Brown type guy behind him. You always need that backup running back that could produce behind him. So I'm interested to see if Boston Scott and Corey Clement can make some type of magic happen. Prove to the Eagles, like Boston Scott receiving by the like Every seven snaps Boston Scott was on the field last year, he had a first down. I want to see that type of production translate into year two. I want to see if Corey Clement can re- some kind of magic from 2017, bring him back to the field. I want to see him catch these screen passes and just take off. I want to see him run a little bit better. I thought my biggest knock on Corey Clement with the Eagles was he doesn't really hit the holes that well. I want to see him run a little bit better. 
if they show you that they can offer you some certain type of roles when you have to take Miles Sanders off the field for a breather where Boston Scott could be a good receiving threat, a little short yardage back, where Corey Clement can come in on these screens, also run the ball a little well, I'll be good at running back then. I'm fine. They have all these guys that contribute roles. Because if you bring a veteran in, you're telling Boston Scott and Corey Clement, we either have to get rid of you or you're going to have to be inactive on game day because we, I can't get you into the field. I want to put showcase as much Miles Sanders as I possibly can. Look, I'm as when you have a running back on a rookie contract and his legs are as fresh as Miles Sanders, you use him as much as you can before that contract runs up. So I, everybody's all focused on what if Miles Sanders goes down? What if what do you have behind him? Worry about that when it happens. If it happens, I'm not going to anticipate him missing a large portion of time right now. When I have guys like Boston Scott and Corey Clement that I think can provide pivotal roles in the passing game, in the short yardage game. I don't need to bring in Devontae Freeman to come in and then actually like play very well to the point where I have to push Boston Scott and Corey Clement off the field. That's just my thing with it, Ed. I think I want to. I want Miles Sanders to get as much as they could possibly can out of him this season at a, like a Sean McCoy level. That's where I'm at with Miles Sanders. I want to see them use him like a featured back, but I also want to see Boston Scott spell him in ways to get a short yardage, good receiver, and I want to see Corey Clement bring back some kind of 2017 magic. Is that too much to ask for? Uh, no, it's not. But we've seen what Boston Scott can do. I mean, I think the Eagles know what Boston Scott can do. I mean, he he technically is the reigning NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Remember the season finale last year against the Giants, wrapped up at the East, Sanders hurt, and uh, stepped in, no no problem. Three touchdowns of that game. They gave him the ball in the out of the backfield. Uh, they, they threw the ball to him. So, you know, Scott is a known commodity. Has he reached his ceiling? Maybe that's what we can begin to find out. I don't think he has. I think Scott is capable of carrying the load. He's a young guy. He's built like a brick house. I mean, you talk about his his height isn't the great. They list him at 5'6", but he weighs 205 pounds. I mean, come on. That, to me, I mean, that guy's a former high school state powerlifting champion in Louisiana. That guy is 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 cut and ripped, and he can carry the load. Trust me. I believe in Boston Scott. Corey Clement has to prove that he is healthy, can stay healthy. Um, again, do you want to overwork him week one? Maybe not. I think this is a time week one, if Sanders is limited, doesn't have the full complement, I think you find out more about what you have by bringing up somebody uh, from the practice squad. Or they still have Jason Huntley, a guy that they put a waiver claim in for, who is very fast. They, the Detroit Lions drafted him in the fifth round uh, of this past spring's draft out of New Mexico State this guy runs a 4.3740, sticking to the theme of fast. I don't know how much he's learned in the week since he's been here after they claimed him last Sunday when the Lions cut him. Um, but this would be a good game for him to show a little bit. But again, I'm not sure how big of a role he'll have. The Eagles could activate someone like a Michael Warren or Elijah Holyfield from the practice squad and let them show uh, in, an, in a debut situation a little bit of what maybe they can do going forward. I think that's more who you want to find out about is guys like that. Clement, uh, can you give him a few carries and can he stay healthy with those few carries? But maybe more so like a guy like Huntley and even, I think, a practice squad guy that could be activated in a, in a Warren, Elijah Holyfield, or Adrian Killens. We'll see. But um, week one, I think, would be a good time to start showing some of that depth. Were you surprised that Holyfield didn't make the team? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought he had a great camp. Um I'm not sure, you know, when Doug was asked about the practice squad and running backs, 
Warren was the first name he mentioned, Holyfield second, Killen's third. I don't know if that means a, a whole heck of a lot, but um, but yeah, I thought Holyfield did everything, showed everything possible. He's a hard runner. The Eagles really don't have that power type of back on the roster. Um, but I think Holyfield could be that that short yardage punishing inside the five yard line type of running back. And I, you know, I see that. I'm not sure why the Eagles don't see it, or maybe they do, and we'll, we'll they'll show us that they do by how they uh, use him uh, as the season gets going. I agree with you. So Zach Hurts' press conference, man, that was a, a touch of reality. Uh, playing like this is my last season in Philadelphia, quoted by Zach Ertz. I'm getting Malcolm Jenkins-type vibes from the Zach Ertz situation now, and I'm kind of a little worried about it because you know where I am in the Zach Ertz camp. I, I keep him at all costs. I know where you are. You, you believe that they would got a deal done. Where's your thoughts now? Well, I... You know, it could just be part of the negotiation process. You know, Ertz kind of throwing that out there to say to the Eagles, look, you know, this is how I feel about things. You've been dealing with my agent, but this is how I feel about it. Um, And put them on notice that, you know, he wants to stay here and he doesn't think the Eagles believe in him. You know, it was interesting to hear Zach say that the contract stuff kind of occupied his mind during a couple practices that, you know, he found himself wandering and thinking about the contract as practice was going on. And um, you can't have that during the regular season. And I don't, you know, Zach's an ultimate professional. I don't think he'll uh, have any uh, question, keep uh, any problem keeping a lid on those thoughts um, as the regular season. It's just a shame that they couldn't get something done because, you know, Ertz to me is on a hall of fame trajectory. You hate to see them go away and trade him. I mean, it, it's tantalizing to think about what you could get for him um in a trade but to me i just you know i i think they need to find a way to make it work to bring him back i know you have dallas goddard sitting there um but Ertz is a polished route runner the best route runner i've seen in my 10 years covering this team and uh, aside from maybe deshaun but um i hate this i would hate to see them part ways with zach Ertz, and for him to say those kinds of things that the eagles don't have this mutual feeling of bringing him back. They were strong words. And if I'm Howie Roseman, my ears are up and I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to get something done the best I can. They're hoping for a hometown discount, I would say, but I'm not sure Zach's that inclined to give it to him. Uh, well, where is, you can't give Jason Peters that money and then not give your t- Hall of Fame trajectory tight end a pay raise. Uh, I thought, Mike K of NJ.com said it best this week. You 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 can't you just can't pay these guys, set this president, and then tell Zach Ertz, hey, you know, I'm gonna need you to take a little pay cut. Like yeah. the guy yeah. is the whole entire offense there, right? See, here's my thing about Dallas Goddard that I'm just I have to get off my chest. I don't think he's Zach Ertz. I I think he's a very good player. I think they do stuff completely different. I just don't think Dallas Goddard could be the caliber of player that Zach Ertz is because we're talking future Hall of Fame tight end. My thing is, I don't think Zach Ertz ruins any opportunities for Dallas Goddard. I look at all the stats. Dallas Goddard played 769 snaps, I believe, last year, which was 300 more than Mark Andrews, who we all know had an incredible season at tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. He missed 33 fewer snaps to George Kittle, who, again, George Kittle did miss two games, I'm fully aware, but you get my point. He was 11th in targets for tight ends. So it's not like the opportunities aren't going Dallas Goddard's way. 
I don't. I, the stigma that everybody has in their head that Zach Ertz is ruining Dallas Goddard's chance to emerge. I don't think that's true, Ed. I don't think it's true at all. And you have a head coach who has been clearly committed to twelve personnel. It's not like when they when he first got hired, they didn't mention twelve personnel right off the bat. They did. They started utilizing him with Brent Stelter, Trey Burton, and Zach Ertz. They win a Super Bowl. And then the first pick that they have after winning the Super Bowl, they use it out on tight end and Dallas Goddard, who, but Lord knows, they knew they had Zach Ertz still playing at a high level. I I don't see this team switching away from 12 personnel. I don't see this team ever trying to shy away from 12 personnel. I think it has to take a 2017-type season where Nelson Aguilar is playing way better than what Brad Selleck and Trey Burton can give you. I'm not sure. I, I don't think so at, at all this year. You get that third wide receiver that shows that to you for the Eagles. I don't think it's going to happen this year. So, again, I think you're, again, majority 12 personnel. You just have the speed on the outside at least. But the stigma that everybody seems to have is that Zach Ertz holds Dallas Goddard back. I think that's completely wrong. Yeah. Well, I'll say a couple things. First, I like this comment from Dakota that if the birds do the Dawkins treatment to Ertz, I'm going to go on a week-long binge of Long Island iced teas. <laughs> That's great. He's not wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong, man. He's not wrong. I will too. Yeah. Well, here, first of all, the, the contract situation, you mentioned them giving Peters the extra money. Lane Johnson restructured his contract in order to free up that money. He turned his uh, guarantee in, or his base salary into a guarantee situation where he's guaranteed that money um, instead of getting a base salary during the season. So that's where that money came from. It was through Lane Johnson restructuring his contract. Howie Roseman's on record as saying they're up against the salary cap. They can't bring any on any big contracts. You think the Eagles like 12 personnel. I, I might tend to disagree with you here. I think the Eagles want to get away from 12 personnel. I think really? they want to get more into an 11 personnel situation. And, I mean, they drafted these receivers for speed and they drafted three of them. I mean, they want to get two receivers on the field, if not three in the slot, more often than they have two tight ends. We've seen the 12 personnel. We've seen it win a Super Bowl in 2017. But what have we seen the last two years, specifically last year, when Ertz and Goddard were their two top pass receivers, or, or pass catchers, I should say, um, and they lost in the first round of the playoffs. I know there's a lot of circumstances and things that went into that, but I just think that the way the NFL is trending right now with speed, with um, passing, I think they want to go the more traditional three-receiver set and just play with one tight end more often than not. Yeah, you can still play with two, but I don't think they want to do that as much anymore. I think going into the 2020 decade, they want to go back to the more traditional way of doing offense, and I think that's where it might hurt Zach Ertz because in that scenario, Goddard's a better blocker, and they only need one tight end, and they can get by with, you know, a backup type of tight end. Like, a, you know, they signed Richard Rodgers. I'm not saying it's going to be him, but I, I think that's the way they want to go from now on going into this decade is they want to play a more traditional two or three wide receiver offense and get away from the two tight ends. That's just my th- that's just my suspicion. Things that I've learned. It might not be wrong. Yeah, I, It might not be wrong because, I mean, if, if – I, if they, if they were thinking my way, they get the deal done with Zach Ertz, I think. Because enough with the two. I I hate when people bring up the salary cap for extensions because there's so it's easy to manipulate the cap when it comes to contract extensions. It's harder when you're signing free agents. Because look at the Chiefs. That's 177 bucks in cap, and then they gave Mahomes the largest quarterback deal in NFL history, the largest deal in NFL history. They gave Chris Jones a huge deal. They gave Travis Kelsey a huge deal. You can manipulate the 
the cap issues with extensions. Yeah. Now your theory kind of sounds more realistic when you're thinking the. I mean, I, again, Zach Ertz has two years left on his deal, but it's, from all likes and purposes, it sounds like next offseason, if something doesn't get done, you won't be seeing Zach Ertz at the Novacare Complex. Yeah, um, I think they would trade him. I think they really would. If they can't get something done, I don't think they go into that last year on a contract year. I think they would try to look and see what they could get uh, for Ertz in terms of draft cap or draft collateral. So now with all that time has passed, I know Dakota's message is on the bottom, and I completely agree with him. But I know that everything is passed. Right now, what does your gut tell you about the Eagles and Zagarts? Me? Yeah, with I, everything I, happening. I think they're going to continue to neg- – you know, they're going to try to get something done, I think. I think they almost have to. I mean, Ertz is one of their own, one of their homegrown players, a guy that has been great in the community on and off the field, never been in any kind of trouble. Um He's just too good of a guy to just give up and say, we don't want to sign you. So I think they're going to still try to make a push, but I think there's going to be a number that they're not going to go beyond and they're going to set that number. And uh, if it's not agreeable to Zach, then I, I think he goes, but they're going to, I think there's, they have to keep trying to me. They just can't throw up their hands and say, see ya. They have to. I think it just, it just depends what the wide receivers do this season. Cause I think if your theory is correct, Three wide receivers, or at least two, have to show the Eagles something this year for them to think, you know, let's put our faith in these guys. It has to be Rager, and it has to be like a high tower reward. One of these guys, or 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 Sweeney, or JJ Sawyer Whiteside, because he's. Yeah. I always forget that. I mean, you have guys. Let's see who separates themselves, and uh, and look, it doesn't mean they can't go out and draft another one in twenty twenty one. I would fully expect them to. I I yeah. see with me, it's you cut the dead weight. With the Alshon Jeffrey, you either renegotiate with Deshaun or he retires because for some reason I had this feeling this might be his last year. And you go strictly budget at wide receiver. You go strictly budget because you're not getting the wide receiver production you expect. Why pay the money for it? That It doesn't make sense. Yeah, Pay that wide receiver money to the guys that are producing as your wide receivers and Goddard and Ertz. Then go cheaper wide receiver. Go into 2021, Rashad Bateman's out there. Jamar Chase is out there. All the Alabama guys are out there. Go with one of those guys. Let them go with Rager or J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. We'll get into this right after we finish up this little conversation here because, again, his hype is picking up a lot of steam. Go with these young guys and then keep the established guys in Ernst and Goddard and keep them in 12 personnel. That's just me. I don't think – I know what you said is correct, and the whole personnel dies out for them easily. But I just think because they don't have the speed on the outside, if you're going to have, if you're going to be a completely underneath offense, I don't think you could succeed in the twelve personnel. You have to have this threat to make the safety stay honest. You need that safety to play off to help your guys free up the middle of the space of the field with Ertz and Goddard to see the most. So if uh, your hope is is Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, John Hightower, Quez Watkins give you that vertical element this year through the whole entire season. And then the I Chiefs. think 12 personnel looks great. Yeah. Look at the Chiefs. I mean, Travis Kelsey's tight end one, two, three. They have and they have speed everywhere. You know, McCole Hardman, you know, Watkins. They have the, the, the new running back, uh, Edward Solaire. I mean, that to me is what the league is trending towards is let's just throw Absolutely. Speed. And these two tight ends don't have the speed. They're reliable, dependable, underneath catchers. Maybe they give you a little yards after the catch. Not much, not like Kelsey. But to me – uh, everybody looked at the draft 
three wide receivers because, hey, we got hurt at that position last year. I think it has more to do with the Eagles want to go more traditional with speed everywhere and cut back to one tight end. That's just the way I see it. I mean, I think there was more to drafting the three receivers and bringing in Hightower, who opted out with the COVID. Not, yeah, it was no, not Hightower. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, I get yeah, what you're saying. That. Right. Thanks. Um, I think there's more to it than just saying, wow, we got really injured last year. Now we need more guys, new guys. I think there's more to it than just that. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean. But so what happens? That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but so what happens? That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers, to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Maybe, but I also think that they realize at the same time these day three picks don't usually pan out for them. I think they might just win, like, whoever we get is a crapshoot at this point. We just need somebody to produce from a speed point. Because I know I, I will say, we you know, because you're there every day, Hightower and Watkins surprised everybody at camp. They made the 53-man roster for a reason. Let's see. I'm just not – I mean, we've fallen for the Mac Hollins and the Sheldon Gibsons of the world, the Josh Helps of the world. I'm – I mean, well, I'm all in on John Hightower, though. Don't get me wrong. I was a little hesitant on Quez Lockett's film because the alligator arms showed a little more than I liked. But, yeah. like you said, he looked completely different at camp. He looked really good. Uh, and, these and guys are a book connection. You say day three guys, but remember, this was a really loaded wide receiver. It was, right? yes. So, so these day three guys could have been day two guys if that's the distinction. Well, that's why. You know, That's what I said about John Hightower. I said he's yeah. a third-round pick in any other draft because I completely Absolutely. think he's like a John Brown-type wide receiver. Quest uh, yeah. Watkins, though, I wasn't that high on, though, to be honest with you. Me personally, I wasn't huge on him. Okay. We'll, we'll see, see how, how he does, though. Yeah, we'll see how he does. He's on the IR right now. He's not going to do anything for at least three well, weeks. Well, yeah, first three weeks, yeah. Uh, but Deshaun Jackson, get your popcorn ready. What? When he dropped that line real quick, I was like, let's go. He dropped the T.O. line. <laughs> Uh, Deshaun Jackson is a huge play for me in daily fantasy this week because I think with Washington secondaries, it, talk about the Eagles secondary being brand new. It, besides, I mean, Landon Collins is only one year in there, and it's a whole new defensive scheme over there as well. That entire secondary is brand new. I think Deshaun could have another week one type performance like last year. I think he could do it. I think he gets over 100 receiving yards. How cool would it be to see him catch a 50-yard uh, bomb and Rager to do the same thing. That would just be like, you know, Eagles fans hysteria. Oh, we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> Down, oh, we would not know what to do with ourselves. And then not only that, once the air yard stats come out for Carson Wentz's passes on those passes, oh, we're all going to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, you know what? Look, Sean is, is one of my favorite players to watch um, these last couple years. And he didn't play much last year, but – uh, just the way he runs his routes and the way he catch, I didn't see him drop a single pass in camp. I mean, he just catches everything and he makes it look easy. Um, and he's still fast. I mean, he to me, he's just a really, really fun player to watch. And you hope we get to see that over 16 weeks. And 
I think you're right, Connor. I think it could start with a big bang on Sunday. I think they do have a big bang, but Josh Allen starting against the Jets, though, I don't know. That Jets secondary is pretty bad, Dakota. You might want to stick with that one a little bit. Um, but I am expecting – I'm expecting them to start off the first half slow. I think that's what's going to happen. I think the rust from COVID is going to play into it. But then again, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. That's how they start the games off usually. I think they're going to start off slow. But I do think that they will light it up offensively like they did week one last year. I, I, you're just stuck on this offensive line. I completely understand why. Well, I, I just I believe in controlling the line of scrimmage is a big way to victory. And I think that the Eagles are going to have a hard time consistently controlling the line. I really do. And that could lead to some tough sledding, some turnovers. You know, Carson, of course, still has the – you know, the fumbling issue, if he gets hit, you know, you don't want any cheap turnovers. You don't want to give that offense that's just already limited. You don't want to give them a short field to make it easier for him. Losing Brandon Brooks is so tough, but, I mean, the rest of the offensive line is – I do you do you have any worries or qualms about Jason Peters not really being at left tackle the whole entire training camp, or do you think he just picks it off right where he left off? Because I feel like he's going to pick it up right where he left off. Yeah, I would suspect. I mean, you know, Jason Kelsey said he's probably done more – left kick slides that he over his course of time here that he could do them in his sleep. I mean, you know, it's just a matter of the communication, getting the terminology, which probably changes, you know, regularly from season to season, from week to week, even Um, it's just a matter of getting the communication, the signals down. Um, But, you know, he's played that position his entire career, 17, 18 years. I mean, yeah, I think he'll be fine. Injuries. What is, That's the big thing with Peters. Injuries. You hope that he can stay healthy at least to get through the game and put a few weeks together healthy. What do you what do you, what do you think about the Eagles getting him that raise after all? Well, you surprised? Sense. You know, look. Yeah. If they don't do it, you know, who knows what kind of animosity would develop? I mean, you just it could have been a crisis in any other organization, a five alarm fire, if you will, somewhere else. Had the Eagles not done it. Um. But, look, they, they, to me, they did the right thing. I mean, clearly left tackle is one of the most p- important positions on the football field after quarterback. I mean, you're, you're protecting the quarterback's blind side. You have to be – you have to stand tall out there. And right guard, not so much. I mean, yeah, you have a role and a job, but it's not as important to me as playing out on that island at left tackle. So, yeah, give them a raise. Give them extra money. Um, yeah, I'm fine with it because – Again, he signed with the president of him playing right guard, so he understands that the that's a cheaper position, no matter what, than left tackle. Nine times out of ten. I'm okay with giving him the raise. I just think you give him the raise, then he tells Zach Ertz, hey, take it easy there, pal. We understand that you've been on our offense for the last three years, but take it easy. Like that well, that's where I'm Peters is a one year deal. You know, yeah, I, it's a lot easier. You're right. Thirty eight, um, Ertz is completely different contract situation. Lane Johnson even made room. I mean, do you want six guys to take a pay cut or restructure their contracts to fit Ertz under there? I mean, that's kind of what you're looking at because Ertz, you want to get done with a long-term deal. Peters is, you know, three months and he's gone. Four months and he's gone. It's easy. True. Yeah, no, that's true. I just number eleven better better uh, ante up some money for his boy. He might. He might. I think he will, but I just I don't know if it's gonna be enough either. Because you're right. I the thing that we're all gonna kill High Rosen about this offseason if Zach Ertz does leave is the cap situation. But 
I will start right now saying I can't. He did not see Kobe coming. If he did, I think this country would be in a lot better shape. I'm I'm all on the the I'm not going to blame Howie Roseman for this cap situation because before COVID, it wasn't looking that great either. But it was manageable at least. And I thought Howie Roseman would get out of it. Now I I don't think they're going to do any free agents next year. Yeah, I think they're going to go strictly through the draft and just hope for what that they have a core going that they build right now. But they might I, shop I in the cheaper aisles. They might shop in the cheaper aisles of free agency next year. I don't I don't see them bringing in a big stud name. Um, yeah, I see like the NRC type signings, the Will Parks type signings, like that yeah, type of stuff. Or, deals. Yeah, or, or keep those guys. I I don't really mind how the team's constructed right now. I just think they have to go into the next draft and so many questions with Andre Dillard, so many questions at right guard because who knows what what Brandon Brooks happens with Brandon Brooks at this point. Uh, but speaking of right guard, what are your feelings on Matt Pryor? Are you are you are you there with that Matt Pryor? Would you yeah. are you much rather see, or is there somebody at right guard you'd rather see? Well, yeah, I'd rather see Larry Warford at right guard, but you know, I yeah, think he opted out. out yeah, you know, I think he he would come at a high at a high price. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm more comfortable with Matt Pryor at right guard than I am at left tackle or right tackle, um, just because I haven't seen him do it. I mean, you know, we saw Pryor step in and do you know reasonably well last year at guard, and you know, he's a smart kid. He's got the long arms. He's got pretty good feet for a guard. I mean, I'm more comfortable with him at guard um, than I am at the tackle spot. And, you know, even Herbig, I mean, I, Herbig's a powerful guy. He went to Stanford. He's a bright kid. He's, you know, he played with Tua in high school in Hawaii. He played with Marcus Mariota, Um, but he's young and he's never done it. So I haven't really seen uh, seen him, you know, in the locker room last year, when you saw him, he's like everybody's little brother, you know, he was 21 at the time. He's running around like a, a puppy dog goofing around with all the other guys, you know, he just wide eyed and happy to be there. So uh, this is his second year. Maybe he can become a good guard or center. If God, God forbid something happens to Kelsey. Um, but I'd like prior guard to answer your question. Yeah. I like him better at guard than tackle. I thought he was serviceable. Again, we small sample size, but I thought this is the type of guard that the Eagles always want to get anyways. This is the type of guard that the the Eagles again, he looks like Brandon Brooks. Body size. He looks like Isaac Samuel, body size. So I, I thought this is the type of guy that they could actually work with and develop. I'm interested to see. I love Brandon Brooks. I think he does come back this season, by the way. I think at some point at the end of the year, depending on how strong the offensive line is, look this depends on that prior. If Matt Pryor takes a leap this year and shows them that he could be at least as good as Sayomalu, a little bit less, because I think Sayomalu is really good, so I don't want to say that. But I maybe they decide Brandon Brooks might be one of those tough decisions too, and they move on with Matt Pryor. Guard, I, I don't think it's that far fetched. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think you want to rush Brooks back. I mean, he looked like Superman coming back in less than eight months last year. He's a year older. Um. You know, if it's eight months, it happened in early June. What are we looking at there for January? Like January, yeah. I I don't know. That's playoff time. Yeah, that's playoff time. Yeah, do you want to disrupt the line chemistry if you're in the playoffs? I mean, I I don't know. I think that's very, very optimistic that Brooks comes back. And the Eagles are holding out hope, obviously, by doing what they did with him and uh, with the injury stuff, with the injury reserve. So, But I just don't see it. Sorry. That's fine. I, I, it's why I have you on here for your opinions. Yeah. But J.J. Arcega-Whiteside hype. Let's get into it, man. 
Howie Roseman says JJ was looks like the wide receiver we drafted, which Okay, let's let's see it. I mean, you were at camp. Obviously the red zone touchdowns were a thing, but again, I thought they were always the thing at camp. Is this hype warranted? Ed? Well, I mean look, he had a good rookie camp too in training camp, and then the lights came on and he looked completely lost. I mean I you know, you hope he's not one of those guys when the lights come on on a Sunday or Monday night, whenever that he's not one of those guys that just kind of short circuits in the mind or gets overwhelmed by the situation. You wouldn't think he's that guy. He played at Stanford, played in some big games, I'm sure there. Um, but I, I, right now I'm believing the hype. I mean, what else can I do? My eyes showed me that he looks lighter. He lost five to 10 pounds. He looks faster. He worked with a track coach every day in the off season. Um, he had a lot of support around him. I think this virtual offseason helped him maybe more than others because he was able to spend time with his his parents, who are both former Olympians. So there's that gene in the family. There's that mentality in the family. Uh, and I just think that that helped him. And I'm going to buy the hype for now. I, I really I, – I can't after seeing what I saw. I mean, I just think that, yeah, I think he's going to play a factor. And I think we saw – even more important than those red zone catches, he was able to get open between the 20s. And you saw Carson Wentz have a little more faith in him, a little more trust to throw him the ball. Um, you know, that catch that he dropped early against, I think it was the Lions early in the season last year, down near the goal line. I think that messed with him for a while. And I think that kind of put a little doubt in Carson's head that, you know, I can't throw the ball to him and trust him to catch it. So, uh, I think it's a new start, fresh start, and I, I think he's going to make the most of it. I really do. I, he's an easy guy to root for. He's an easy kid to like. I, I do hope he figures it out, but I, I believe the hype right now. He's confident. He sounds very confident when he talks to you guys. He sounds like a different wide receiver that's not really letting everything get to him. It's it's. I want to say it's a little different than Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I think Nelson Aguilar wore his emotions on his face really, really well. With J.J., I, I think – with the Philadelphia media, like you guys know, it's tough dealing with you guys. It's a tough crowd to please. And the fan base. I mean, you know, let's face it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he talked about that, the the mental part of it, where he wanted to make everybody like him. You know, he was worried about what people thought of him. Um, and, and you have to have thicker skin than that if you're going to succeed in this city. Absolutely. You absolutely have to have thicker skin than that. But he looks, I mean, he's looking the part right now, my friend. I will say yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, how many opportunities, is he, opportunities, is, <laughs> opportunities is he going to get in the course of a game? I mean, that's the thing with the two tight ends. You have running backs that can catch. I mean, he's not going to have a, a large number of targets, probably maybe three or four a game. And he's got to make the most of them. He's got to show that, yeah, you can come back to me. I'll catch the ball. I'll figure out a way. Um and he's going to have some limited opportunities to do that. So he's got to make the most of them, and he's got to do it early. Thank you, Bob, for your comment on the show. Did you just uh, – I don't know if your phone's buzzing right now. Vikings just gave Dalvin Cook a huge contract, and the Saints are finalizing their huge contract with Alvin Kamara. Running backs are getting paid right now, Ed. Yeah, Miles Sanders is happy. I'll tell you that. Another year like he had last year. and uh, you know, Yeah. I'm, here's another big deal that how he's going to have to get done. That's going to be interesting. Uh, that's a whole different topic for another day, my friend. But that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see if the Eagles pay a running back. Uh, I mean, they did. They took care of Shady when it was time to take care of Shady. But it, it, money's a little different now. 
I think Sanders deals will top Shady's deals when the next one he signs anyway. So <laughs> you're what right. About this? That's another topic for another yeah, time. That is so uh, yeah, no, because I don't want to get that in people's heads now. Matt Sanders is just coming off his rookie year. Let's let's enjoy a year two before we start talking contracts with him. But Craig James, man. underdog hero, man. So Jim Schwartz has these guys where he comes in and he just loves these guys. I'm talking Nate Gary, Avante Maddox. Jalen Mills, Craig James looks like he's the next one in line. Excuse me, I forgot Derek Barnett as well. Craig James looks like he's the next guy in line to be a Jim Schwartz guy. So if Darius Slay goes down, Ed, I know we talked about all what they can do. Uh, Jalen Mills back a corner, all that stuff. <laughs> Are we going to see Craig James come in for Darius Slay, though, if, if Darius Slay goes down? Is this the guy that they're like, you know what? There, we, we completely agree. We, we, we love this guy. We're pushing him out there. Craig James, go out there and play. Yeah, and again, it comes down to special teams. Um, the Eagles are very cognizant of special teams this year. And Craig James, they love him on special teams. Now, all of a sudden, if you have to make him your starting cornerback because something happens to Maddox or Slay, then you got to figure out the special team side of it. You're not going to play him as much on the teams as you'd like because he's got a full-time role on defense. Um, you know, Jim also mentioned that Craven LeBlanc can play uh, on the outside uh, if need be. Um, but your, your options are, are kind of limited. Um, they didn't keep many D-backs. Um, so really, it's either LeBlanc or, or James, right? I, I might be missing somebody in here. but uh, You're not. Unfortunately, yeah. you're not. They, they, I... they, they made Trevor Williams one of their uh, protected practice squad players going into Sunday, a cornerback. I don't know if he'll be active, but, um, but you know, it's a concern that they only have that few number at cornerback. And then who do you go with? Is it LeBlanc or uh, James? I mean, or do you move Mills back there and throw Kayvon Wallace out there more? I mean, they do have some flexibility in the secondary with some guys. Um but right now, it sure looks like James would be the number two guy if someone got uh, one of the starters got hurt. I don't think LeBlanc can play outside, to be honest with you. I'm a big Kevon LeBlanc fan, but I, I, he plays the nickel so well. I don't think he could be an outside corner. Craig James, I just keep the visions of Minnesota in my stuck in my head. I know he had the, that interception. Uh, I mean, no, he had the tip to get to the lead of the Nigel Bradham interception in the end zone versus Green Bay, but. Uh, I, I really think he's a special teams guy. Uh, yeah, and then you forget Nicole Ruby Coleman. Uh, Ruby Coleman, he, you know, he's a guy that maybe he can play outside. Schwartz, I think, said that he could even go outside. I think he can. I do. I do think. I, I do. Too. Majority has to. Majority has to be in the slot, though. He's yeah, a top but, five nickel corner. But maybe he's the number two guy. Maybe they say you got to move out there if something happens to Maddox or Slay, and then uh, what do you do in the slot? Then you put Craven in the slot. That's probably what they're thinking. I would assume that's yeah. probably where, yeah, that's probably where their heads are at right now. I would assume. Uh, I because I was going to say it right now. I think a lot of people want to see Darius Slay versus Terry McLaurin. If I'm the Eagles, I might put Nicole Ruby Colvin on Terry McLaurin a lot. Uh, huge reason why is he's very fast. He matched the strong speed at camp. You saw it up close to your own eyes. You should know. I think that might be a good matchup for the Eagles if they decide Slay, you know, because Slay's a great corner. We all understand that. Uh, Terry McLaurin's really fast. 
Terry McGowan's a speed guy. I, I I think every corner of like a Darius Slay that's really good at press will struggle with speed guys like a Terry Gorn, and he did. He gave up 70-something yards to him last year as a rookie. I think Nicole Ruby Coleman would match up really well with Terry McGowan. Yeah, I mean, I think Schwartz is going to do his best to try to confuse Haskins. Second-year guy hasn't really seen, you know, a whole lot yet. Um, I mean, I could see where Slay maybe lines up over McLaurin, and then when the, the ball is snapped, maybe he runs into the slot and Nicole Reby Komen comes, comes over to cover McLaurin. I mean, I could see them disguising different coverages to get NRC on McLaurin for sure. But um, as far as the whole game, no, probably not. I think they could split it or they start with Slay, and if Slay's doing well against them, then Slay stays on him. But if McLaurin's making some plays – um, then maybe they switch it up a little bit more. But I, I don't see NRC on him full-time during the game. I could yeah, see him not full-time. Mix of both maybe, yeah. I definitely see a mix of both. I just I, – because I, I think a lot of people are going to see it right off the bat and see why he's not there. He's like, you know, Jim Schwartz is already up to his antics. He's not shadowing the best wide receiver. I don't think this is the matchup he'd be mad about that on. I think the core Nicole might – Fair a little bit better with Terry McLaurin than Darius Slay. Well, that's not a knock on Slay because I'm super high on Nicole Ruby I think that was the most underrated addition this offseason for sure. I, I, he's a top three corner, I mean, excuse me, top three nickel corner in the NFL, if you ask me for my straight up opinion. I can't wait to see what he does this year. And uh, we had a comment on here about the NRC reminds me of a better Patrick Robinson. Completely agree. I think he's better than Patrick Robinson. I think Patrick Robinson is a really good slot corner. But he had a couple outliner seasons in San Diego and Philadelphia. Nicole Ruby Coleman's good wherever he goes. He's been great in Buffalo. He's been great in – again, he was in Buffalo with Jim Schwartz for everybody that doesn't remember at home. That's why I think his transition is going to be seamless with the Eagles. He was great with uh, Los Angeles Rams. We all remember yeah. him there. He was great there. I think he's going to be great with the Eagles. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm all in on Nicole Ruby Coleman. I do think he's going to be a better uh, Patrick Robinson. Well, let's wait and see. I mean, Patrick Robinson had a great year the one year he was here. Big interception in that NFC Championship game. Uh, Huge momentum. Time. I respect Patrick Robinson. I just think the Corey yeah. Coleman's not good, my friend. You would think that's probably true, but let's see him win a Super Bowl like Patrick Robinson did in Philadelphia. Robinson was huge when he was here in Philadelphia. Let's see if NRC – I mean, on paper, yeah, NRC's better, should be better, but I'm not going to put him there yet because I want to see what he can do. Uh, and I'm just not going to be that quick to just put Patrick Robinson out to the curb, man. He's awesome. He was awesome. I, I, I think everybody agrees with you. That I just fully think that Nicole Ruby Coleman is that good <laughs> and that he will deliver that type of impact. Actually, we have a great question, though, to, before we end the show in the final score prediction. What are your – because I'm going to get my predictions, too. Regular predictions for Sunday, Ed. What do you have? Um, uh, I'm going to say three catches – 40-ish yards, and a touchdown. How about that? Three catches, 40-ish yards, and a touchdown? I think he gets his first touchdown out of the way as a rookie early. I'm going with it. Josh, I, question. Yeah, I wanna, we're going to get to that. I I think Rager has his welcome to the NFL moment week one. I think he has some explosive plays where the Eagles are like, whoa. Eagles fans are like, whoa, this guy's legit. And then the Eagles start utilizing right. I think that confidence because, again – you cannot, you cannot, you cannot stress this enough. His dad was a former NFL player. Yep. A former Super Bowl champion. He knows what it took to become a player that wasn't that well heard of. Because, again, we're talking about a third-string defensive tackle of most of his career. 
but he always made an impact each stop he went to for Denver, Indianapolis, Philadelphia. You instill that type of knowledge into your son. Your son watches you firsthand grow that way in the NFL while also having that talent. I think Jalen Rager goes for seven catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Ah, awesome. Hey, let me I think he goes crazy. Sean Jackson holds the rookie record for most yards receiving at 912. He set it in 2008. Can Rager beat that this year? Uh, I don't think that. Okay. I don't think he's going to do that. I, there's too many mouths to feed. Yeah. I'm going, going back to 2008, that's Kevin Curtis, Brent Selleck. Any kind of basket was around then too, maybe? Yeah. Uh, Vaughn was around. Yeah. So I don't. That's not. You don't have Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Deshaun Jackson. I don't. I, I don't think he gets nine hundred. I think he can get eight hundred. And if he does that, I'm dude. Come on, man. A rookie wide receiver putting up eight hundred yards his rookie year would be sweet. That, yeah, the Eagles need that. Hey, Jordan Matthews came close his rookie year. I think he had about eight. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, eight. you're right. I mean, Jordan Matthews had a really, really good rookie year. Jordan Matthews is very productive from the slot, uh, numbers-wise. It's just the usage was really high there too, though. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think you're going to see that with Rager this year, just because of all the mouths they have to feed. It's you know you you knew it. it's a little different circumstances. But you're right, Jordan Matthews. I think he had like 800 something yards his rookie year. Yeah, he came close. I think he had 870 something like that. He had some some touchdowns too. I mean, he had a good rookie year. But I, somebody's going to break that D-Jack record eventually, and. Uh, it would not surprise me if it's Rager. I know it wouldn't guys, be surprising if it's Rager. It wouldn't. I think he's a high volume, deep threat type of guy that can do it. I, I think he's the next Odell Beckham. I really think that he's that type of player. Uh, he also has some comps to C. Smith and Derek Mason. I'll take either either one of those yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, I just think, yeah, you're right though. If Deshaun goes down. If it's like the same thing as last year, and he only plays like four to five games with the Eagles, then my answer to that question changes, though, because yeah. you're looking at Jalen Rager playing straight up Z, and you're not taking him off the field until he's hurt or he needs to be gassed or anything like that. Then I'm like, okay, I think Jalen Rager can break that record. Yes, absolutely, because that's your Carson Wentz is one of the best deep throw deep throwers in the NFL. He just doesn't have the chance to showcase it because they don't have the guys. They got the guys now if they stay healthy. Absolutely. I think we're going to see a lot of deep balls. This Joshua question, though, I like it. Do you think yeah. Josh West takes uh, Barnett's starter spot this season? I will answer my opinion because I know you can give a more thorough analyst from this. I do not think that is going to happen. I think Joshua is great pass rusher. He's a better pass rusher than Derek Barnett for sure, no doubt in my mind. I think from a th- rotational pass rusher standpoint, I would take Derek right on off the field and put Joshua on absolutely. I think Derek Barnett is really good against the run. I think the Eagles value that a lot for their defensive line, given the linebacker position. That's where I – and, again, most fans don't care about that from their defensive end. They want the 10-digit sack numbers. I get it. I also think Derek Barnett's going to really benefit from Der- Javon Hargrave being next to him. So, I don't think that happens. I think Barnett stays as a starter. Again, this is a Jim Schwartz-type guy. I don't think that happens at all. But I do think Josh Wett, you have to keep increasing the snaps as they go. He, he pretty much became their Chris Long last year. I don't think that's going to change this year. So I, I would be interested to see if he starts coming in and he's more productive pass rusher than Derek Barnett, what the Eagles start thinking there. Because, again, it's, it's Matt Burke this time. This isn't this isn't uh, Philip Daniels. This isn't Chris Wilson. This is Matt Burke this time. I think if he has a different opinion on a guy, then 
uh, those guys did, they may make a change. So who knows? But I, I, I think Derek Bryant uh, claims that spot this season for sure. And, I, think he, I don't Matt, think he gives it up. Matt Burke has Schwartz's ear for sure. I mean, those two go back a very long time. I mean, Schwartz gave Burke his chance uh, to be a, a football coach back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if Burke thinks Sweat's better, then he's going to tell Schwartz, and that's going to carry some weight. But um, I just – I think maybe on Sunday Sweat starts over Barnett because I don't think Barnett's going to play. Um, so maybe on Sunday Sweat has that job. And look, if Sweat has three sacks uh, and he looks good and he stops the run and he hustles after the ball, I mean, that's the one hallmark of Barnett. Like you watch – uh, if you watch every play that he's on the field, he is around the ball no matter where it ends up on the field. If it's a 10-yard run on the other side of the field, you'll see Barnett show up in the, in, the, in the camera because, I mean, he's right there. I mean, that guy hustles on every single play, and the Eagles love that. That's why Schwartz loves him. The guy is an out-and-out out hustler. Um, but if Sweat comes in and he puts up a monster game and, um, you know, maybe he Wally pips Derek Barnett, and hangs on to that starting job if Barnett's ready to come back week two, week three, and Sweat's still kicking butt. You know, maybe Sweat hangs on to it. But I, I think, it, you know, all things being equal, that Barnett will hang on, hang on to that job. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit FreedomMortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. Yeah, I don't I don't see him not hanging on that job. There's no way. Uh, Ed, what's your final score prediction? I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think because, again, this is a brand new season. This is a brand new uh I think the rust is going to show for both teams. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I, I think that, you know, we saw the Houston-Kansas City game. Kansas City's offense looked great. Um, I think defenses will probably be ahead of the offenses, so I think it might be a low-scoring type of game, and especially when you look at the personnel that Washington has. If the Eagles can take care of the football and not give it up and give Washington short fields I think Washington is going to have a hard time putting enough points on the board to keep pace with Philadelphia I don't see how they can score more than two two touchdowns worth of points Washington I really don't Um, unless the Eagles like I said make it easy for them and I sure hope they don't but I think you're probably looking at like a I'm going to probably go with something like a 24 to 13 type of game I think I picked in my uh, prediction column I think I have them winning 20 to 13 Philadelphia I think the spread six points. I think they cover it narrowly. I know these teams play close, hard fought, down to the wire games more or less. But um, you know the Eagles haven't lost to Washington since 2016. They've gone six and zero against them in that span. Carson Wentz is five and zero against Washington in his career. Those are trends I like. So I think Philadelphia uh, finds a way to win the game, and I'll, I'll call it 20 to 13. 
I was going to say 23 to 10 because I agree. I, I just think the switch to decide to move on from Adrian Peterson this late in the in, into the uh, heading into the season was a little odd. Uh, JD Gimikis is supposed to start. Uh, you and I talked about it last night. I don't think Antonio Gibson. I think he makes some sort of impact because, again, he's a good receiver. I just don't think he's going to make a huge impact running the ball. Bryce Love is still ha- hasn't really got his feet wet in the NFL. Their run game is going to be awful. Their offensive line is awful besides Brandon Rashreef. I don't really see how they score that much either. I do think outside of Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims is a guy to watch out for at number 15 on the, uh, for the uh, Washington. Excuse me. I think that's a guy that might give the a little bit of trouble given he's a little elusive. But other than that, yeah, they have no tight ends. Uh, offense line is awful. Dwayne Haskins in a new system. Because, again, they hired Scott Turner as an offensive coordinator. That doesn't put any fear in me whatsoever. That guy does not really implement a great system. Carolina looked all, terribly offensively underneath him the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm not that worried about what they can do offensively. I am worried about what they can do defensively. Uh they have the guys up front in that front seven to ruin Carson Wentz this season. So I am a little bit worried about that. I think the rush is going to show from the offensive line a little bit too. I mean, Lane's barely – he's practiced, but, I mean, he was on the COVID list, the, the surgery. Uh, Matt Pryor, again, he pretty much made him play left tackle the whole entire training camp. I really don't know uh, how much time he really did at right guard. Is he going to be that prepared? Jason Peters, you know, like you said, very prone to miss of snaps. It's going to be interesting, Ed. Uh, I, but I do think with all the speed that the Eagles have, the deep ball accuracy that Carson once possesses, I think they could take it over the game. I think it would be 24 to 13, the Eagles win. Yeah, we both agree they win. No yep. doubt. Yeah, but... Tyler, Tyler, our board Tyler asked a question earlier if it's a must win. I don't think it's a must win. Uh, I don't think there's any. I think he's trolling, man. He likes to make those little funny comments. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a must-win either. I don't think he thinks. I hope he doesn't think that. But uh, Dakota, one last thing. I don't think we will be a sloppy for the some reason. I think having most of our staff from last year is going to be really undervalued until the until we were playing. I, I agree with that though. I think he's absolutely right. That's the one thing where I, when I, because uh, we just partnered with Tally site for predictions, and I'll have my predictions out on tomorrow's stream. I do think the Eagles win the NFC East because of the cohesion on the coaching staff, the the veteran of the coaching staff. I think these brand-new staffs, I think Mike McCarthy will do wonders in Dallas offensively. I mean, they were a good offensive team as is. I think they're going to fail a little bit defensively with Mike Nolan as defensive coordinator. I think that was a bad choice on their part. Uh, their secondary is completely questionable from top to bottom. Washington, I like Ron Rivera. I thought he should have brought a new offensive mind in. Jack DeRoyal is a great hire. They're still a ways away though, personnel-wise, so I don't think they're going to make noise this year. New York, I don't think they had the talent on defense to compete to win this division. I I, I have reservations about Joe Judge and the way he's running his uh, institution over there right now. Uh, I We'll see with him. Jury's still out because he's so unknown commodity. Daniel Jones surprised me last year to a point but he fumbles a lot too. I I don't think the Giants are in the position to compete. It's really just Dallas and Philadelphia again for the NFC East. I think what Dakota is saying will play into the NFC East, though. Winning the NFC East, I think the cohesion between the Eagles staff, uh, the longevity they have with this team, Doug Peterson being the established coach that he is, 
I think this propels them into the postseason. I think they propels them to the NFC East. Not saying Dallas won't make it. I just think the Eagles win the NFC East and be the first time that they are repeat winners since 2001, 2004. Through 2004. Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, 03, 04, I think was the last. Or 04. Yeah, 304 was the last. It was, yeah, it was, it was through that whole entire years that they had uh, that were winning the NFC East, but they're the last NFC East team to do that. Yeah. I still think Dallas is going to win the division. Uh Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just, I do. Um, oh, I he ruined the stream. Win the division, but I, I, I don't know. I think Dallas's talent level is better on paper. I think McCarthy is a very good coach. Did a great job in Green Bay. Could have done better, of course. Probably should have won more, more than one Super Bowl with Rodgers. Um, but he got the Packers to the to the playoffs more often than not. Uh, I think the Eagles will still win ten games. I think they'll get in as a wild card. You know, you have seven wild or uh, seven teams in each conference now make the playoffs. I think they'll get one of those wild card spots. Um, but this division is just so topsy turvy, and it's for a reason. I mean, each team—it's really been Dallas and Philadelphia that's gone back and forth. And I just think now it's Dallas's turn, and um, eventually we'll have a repeat winner. Uh, I don't know who it'll be, but I don't think it's going to be this year. I'm sorry to say. I just don't think their defense does it for me, Ed. I think their offense, like, look, CeeDee Lamb is a great addition. Mike McCarthy as a play caller is a great addition. Keeping Kellen Moore I thought was incredibly smart because of the strides Dak Prescott took as a pocket passer underneath him. But the offensive standpoint, Randall Cobb had 800-something yards for them last year. I, I think it's fair to predict CeeDee Lamb does along the same. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he does that much better than that. Uh, even if they have 1,000-yard wide receivers, they don't have the tight end. Blake Jarwin's... Okay, uh, Zeke's gonna be Zeke, but again, I think that's where they step, take a step back is in their run game because Mike McCarthy is not that fond of running the ball in Green Bay, and I think that's what was one of his major downfalls was was not being able to commit to the run well. I don't think that is gonna change much. I think Zeke is obviously not Aaron Jones; he's a lot better, but I think the run game is gonna take a little bit of a step back with Mike McCarthy as coach. But the defense, I just I don't think their defense can compete that well. I do like Everett Rivers' addition, but he has shown the last two seasons he wears down at the end of the season when you ask a lot from him. And with the, the way the Dallas' defensive line is looking like right now, they're going to ask a lot of Everson Griffith again this season. Jerome McCoy they don't have this year. Dante Poe, probably a two-down guy. Uh, Tyrone Crawford's okay. Demarcus Lawrence is a great player. I won't, I won't lie. Top five defensive end in the league, I think. The linebackers, they're now asking Jalen Smith to go weak side. and LV, uh, They're going to move LVE to Mike this year. They can't figure that out. Those guys, I mean, LV has a neck issue. Jalen's coming off a disappointing season. They I, they can't figure linebacker out. And then to complete the secondary. Uh, I like Teron Diggs. Don't think it's a good rookie year to be a corner. Uh, Reggie Robinson, I also liked him in the draft. Shadobi Awuze, I, I guess they're going to move him to safety now. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but I thought he was struggling mightily. They they cut Ha Clinton Dix because he underwhelmed completely in camp. Darian Thompson beat him out for the job, which – you're starting Darian Thompson. I'm not that worried about you. And then Xavier Woods is a average starter. They're, it's just their defense just doesn't do it for me. I don't think their defense can compete with the Eagles' offense if the speed matches what we expected to match this year. Well, we'll see. Um, I, we'll see. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. No matter what, it's coming down to Eagles and Dallas. Yeah, it's going to be Eagles and Dallas. Thomas. I mean, they could still sign Earl Thomas, but um, yeah, true. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But it's going to be a good opener for them. They opened Sunday night with the Rams. Um, 
I'll probably be listening to that on the radio coming back from Washington. Unfortunately, I'd like to watch it on the on the television, but I don't think I'll be be back by then. In fact, I know I won't be. But um, I'll listen to it on are, the radio. Are you, so are you going to? Are you getting into the game? They're letting you in the FedEx. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's yeah, awesome. Twelve. Uh, there's only room for twelve visiting media members. Um, so, but I'm one of them, which is nice because there's like that nice. guys that cover the team daily. Um, but yeah, I have my credential, my parking pass, and don't expect a whole lot of traffic going down in the morning with no Eagles fans making the trip. And that's big. I mean, this is usually a home field advantage for Philadelphia um, going into Washington, usually because their fans, the fans take over the whole stadium. FedEx. I was about to say, Washington's used to their stadium being empty. So, yeah, right. I mean, it's to, to me, it's, you know, it's to the Eagles disadvantage not to have the fans there, but um it's going to be, we'll be interesting to see how they have that emotion. If they can get, I'm sure they'll be fired up. Both teams will be fired up, especially Washington. I mean, they put an off season, you know, with the name change, the, you know, the culture that was revealed under Daniel Snyder, you know, the oh, articles and, um, you know, the coach has cancer. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff off the field. So I imagine Washington's players are going to be pretty fired up uh, to actually play a game and put that crap behind them. Oh, I agree completely. I, I just there's too much new there. I just think there's too much new there. I, I think the Eagles will handle them. Uh, you'd hope, we hope. But I'll I'll have to hear from you after the game. See how you went. See what uh, transpired during the game. We'll talk to you then for sure. Ed, thanks for joining us live hey, uh, again. Of course, we'll always have you on again. Follow Ed on Twitter on Sports Illustrated Eagles all for all his Eagles articles. Uh, he actually did just post something about his game predictions and what he th- what he's thinking for the season for the Eagles. So go check that out right now. Um, yeah, we're, right. We will be on iHeartRate. At K-R-A-C-Z-E is the Twitter. And a shout-out to Shannon here who says, Happy Eagles Eve, everybody. So uh, happy Eagles Eve to Shannon, too, and everybody else. Yeah. You too, Connor. Yep, you too, Ed. I'm glad you're going to be there. Okay, again, the show will be on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, right? Every other podcast platform right as soon as we get off air. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yep. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing, equal housing opportunity. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.